I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to the Decomplicating Dressage podcast. For those of you that are new here, my name is Jess Gale, and this podcast is all about training your horse in a simple, uncomplicated way. In this episode, we are looking at a dressage term that has a lot of people stumped, which is harmony. Look it up on Google, and there really isn't a lot that is said. There's minimal information on it from a dressage perspective, and yet it is part of the submission collective mark on every single test. And because obviously submission is a collective, whatever mark you get is doubled, so it counts even more to your final mark. We're going to look at what harmony actually is, as well as why it is seen as this element that amazing Grand Prix riders achieve, but is somehow out of reach for anyone else. We're also going to look at what you can do to make sure you and your horse show a harmonious partnership in a test, as well as little exercises you can do to stop you doing the one thing that is going to put a stop to your harmony dreams in its track. As always, if you like this episode, please do share it. So many of you have been doing these stories where you talk to the camera about what you found really helpful, which I absolutely love. But I know that that is obviously quite a huge thing for people to do. So an easier way is just to take a screenshot, share it to your stories if you're on Instagram or you can do a post on Facebook. If you want to tag us in it and let us know what you think, you can find us at Decomplicating Dressage on both Instagram and Facebook. So let's start from the beginning then with what harmony actually is. Now, when you watch the best dressage riders in the world do a test, it looks effortless. It looks like The horse is following the rider's body and the horse is reacting to every small and tiny aid the rider gives. But more than that, they flow around the arena in this kind of perfect synchronisation with their rider. And this is what harmony is. It comes under the submission collective in a test 
And a horse and rider combination showing harmony will be those ones you see where the horse moves freely and softly, but is still attentive to the rider, reactive to their aids, following them. From a rider's perspective, the rider's aids are soft without any big, sharp or quick movements. So why is it then so difficult to achieve? Harmony always seems to be this thing that we look at Grand Prix riders and we see they have it, or we look at great riders, great advanced riders, and they have it. Yet it seems to be this thing that is kind of out of reach for everyone else. And I think the main reason why riders find it so difficult to achieve harmony is simply because the majority of riders have a natural instinct to use their rein before anything else. Now, obviously, this is completely natural. If a horse bolts, the rider is going to pull on the rein to stop the horse. They're not going to think about using their seat and their leg and everything else. They're going to use their rein and they're going to pull. But put it into a training scenario where, let's say, the rider is asking for a downward transition or a half halt or for a collected trot. If the rider uses their rein, they're going to pull backwards. But when this happens, what we do is we stop the horse from moving forward. We stop the horse's natural balance, which naturally then encourages the horse to have to find their balance somewhere else. And when they do this, this results in one of two things happening. Some horses shorten their necks and become really tense and tight in the neck. Long term, these horses are going to be the ones that are going to have contact issues with the horse not wanting to push into the contact or there are going to be tension and suppleness issues happening. The other types of horses brace against the rider. So they're going to push their weight against them. And long term, this is going to result in a horse that leans against the rider's hand and struggles to actually transfer that weight off the forehand onto the hind end. So the first reason why harmony is so hard to achieve is because as riders, we naturally want to use our rein as either the first or the only aid, which causes problems not only in that moment, but for our training as a whole. The second reason why harmony is so difficult is because horses are live animals. So sometimes we can do everything right and it still doesn't work. Horses have bad days like we have bad days. They have stiff days. They have days where they feel more tired and they have days where they feel more energetic. So it's not a case like in many other sports where everyone just needs to learn the same technique. And if you perform that technique correctly, then it always pays off. It doesn't work like that in dressage. Not only is each horse different and requires a different approach, But sometimes what works one day might not work another day. So we need to be far more adaptable as athletes. And we also need to be far more aware of the small changes we feel in our horses daily. And then from there, we need to be able to know what we need to do or change to accommodate for this. So let's go into what do we actually need to achieve harmony. It requires all those scales of training we've spoken about a lot. And this is another reason why it's so difficult to achieve because the horse needs to be pushing forward and freely. It needs to be working into an elastic contact. 
The horse needs to be supple to be able to follow the rider, as well as being reactive to the rider's aids. In other words, we need all those scales of training, rhythm, suppleness, contact, impulsion, straightness, collection, we need all of them established for the level you're at for you to be able to ride your horse with harmony. And like with the scales of training, the degree to which we need each one increases. Similarly, the degree of harmony that we're going to see at prelim is very different to the amount of harmony that you're going to see at Grand Prix. But alongside those scales of training, when we look at wanting to achieve harmony, we as the rider need to have three skills. The first one is we need to be balanced and straight in the saddle. The second one is that we need to get our horse to feel they are able to move forward and feel they are free and that there is an open door or somewhere for them to go through. And the third thing is that we as the rider need to be able to control the impulsion, tempo, balance, direction without creating tension or resistance. So the first thing let's delve into a bit deeper then is your balance as the rider. When a rider isn't balanced in the middle of the saddle, one of two things happen. They are either tip forward or they lean back. Now, Neither of these positions result in a rider that is able to give clear instructions to their horse. Instead, they're going to kick when they don't mean to kick. They might accidentally pull on the reins to help regain their balance. And they might sometimes throw their horse off balance. And they also might encourage their horse to go more into the forehand or lean and brace against them. But also riders that are not straight and tip left and right are going to end up putting their horse off their natural balance. And this is going to mean that the horse cannot physically be straight or supple or soft evenly because they're having to compensate for the rider being off balance. And this can cause all sorts of problems from sore backs to weak hind legs to a lack of straightness. There's just so many issues that can come from this. So when it comes to a rider's position, always think... The better your balance in the saddle, the better your communication with your horse. Now, the stronger you are in the saddle, the more effective and clear you can make your aids. And the more supple you are in the saddle, the more free and relaxed and supple you will allow your horse to be. Now, once you feel like you are balanced and supple and strong and even in the saddle, Then we can move on to the next point, which is that the horse needs to feel they are able to move forward and feel that there's almost like an open door. There needs to be somewhere for them to go through. Horses are herd animals. They're prey animals. And if you trap them in, we've all tried to catch a horse in the field by blocking them into a corner. And they run and they panic. And this is exactly the same as what happens when we try and block them in with a hand and block them in with a leg. Now, this concept is super important because we talk a lot in dressage about contact and the fact that the horse must be pushing from the hind leg into the contact, which is true. And we talk as well about that feeling like I hear a lot of instructors say you need to feel like your horse is in a box or a bubble and that you have control over the shoulders and the hind leg as well as not feeling like the energy is falling at the front end or the back end. This is all true, 
But alongside this, it's also really important that by putting your horse into this box and gaining control of their body, you aren't losing their freedom in the paces. What I often see, and you'll see this a lot if you compare, let's say a four-year-old that looks extremely free and soft and moving over their backs. And then you look at some horses at the higher levels and they almost look shut down and stuffy in their paces. This is where the rider is too busy worrying about the collection and the horse's ability to sit and the contact and so on, that the horse feels trapped and so it creates tension and resistance and it loses that free-flowing, supple movement that looks so nice. It can also create issues where a horse can go behind the leg because they don't feel like they have anywhere to go. Or you might have a situation where they start pushing that energy up by bucking or bouncing or bronking or rearing because they don't feel that they can actually move forward. Now, the difficult bit of all of this is how do you combine the two? How do you keep a contact and that connection, which is super necessary, without losing the harmony and the freedom? Now, the answer is a very well-known dressage term, elasticity. And we talk about it a lot when we refer to a horse's paces. They need to be elastic and swinging. In other words, the muscles themselves and the movement in general needs to be soft, relaxed and able to stretch. So what I say to my clients is to imagine your elbows all the way to your fingertips are made of elastic. You're able to stretch that elastic and push your hands forward and you're able to bring your hands back slightly if you need to too. Now it's a really small movement that from the ground not many people are actually going to be able to see but the horse's mouth is going to feel such a difference between a hand that is pulling back and a hand that is pushing forward and is elastic. Now there's another difficulty that comes when you're on a circle because there's a balance between you not throwing the outside rein away so the horse falls through the shoulder but also not keeping such a strong hold that you stop the horse from actually being able to bend in the body. It is such a fine line and it's a feeling that is really hard to understand until you try it but apply the elastic theory again so you can allow a little with your hand while still maintaining a contact. Like an elastic band has that little bit of give if you want to stretch it, you can do. Always imagine you should always be giving your horse an open door and pushing them through that door. Whether that door is right in front of you and you're wanting your horse to take you forward, or it's a little bit to the side if you're wanting a leg yield or a half pass. There should always be that feeling that they can go somewhere. So he said that the horse needs to be freely allowed to move in a direction with that open door idea, whether that's forwards or sideways. But there comes a time where we do need the horse to come back and not be so freely moving around the arena in this huge trot or canter. Now, this is where we as the rider need to be able to control the impulsion, the tempo, the balance without creating tension or resistance. 
So we've said that we need to use less rein to control our horse's tempo, as well as in downwards transitions, half halts, collection. We know that if we use just the rein, it teaches our horse to shorten their neck and not their whole body. And it can create tension and loads of other issues that we've already talked about. So we need a new set of aids to still ask our horse to carry more weight behind, sit more, do a downwards transition and so on. And this is where our seat comes in. For all these things, the downwards transition, the half halt, asking for collection, what we are actually asking the horse is essentially the same. We want them to take more weight behind. We want them to compress their whole body, sit a little more on their hind leg, but continue pushing from behind into the contact without losing that relaxation, that straightness, that suppleness. All this can be achieved through your seat. And when we say seat, what I mean is that you breathe in, you sit a little back and a little bit deeper into the saddle, you engage your core, and if you're in shot, you can slow your rising. And you can also squeeze with your knees if you want to too. Now you can use your rein during this, but the important thing is that it's not the predominant aid, or worse, the only aid. We can leave a little shortening of the neck, that's absolutely fine, as long as it's alongside the body compressing and sitting on the hind leg. What we don't want is only the neck shortening and the body staying long, which is what happens when we just use our rein. So the most important thing to remember when thinking about collecting, riding downwards transitions or doing half halts is to make sure you are using your leg and your seat the most and your rein a little to back up your leg and seat if need be. And what I mean by your leg is that ability for you to be able to close your leg to keep that forward momentum going from the hind leg. What you'll end up with by using your seat and your leg is the fact that you will end up with your horse compressing, but the front end still looking really flowing. So how do you know if you have harmony? So I have two tests I like to do. Um, and they tell me pretty instantly whether I'm relying on the reins or not. So both these tests are more looking at how much you use your rein versus how much you're using your leg and your seat aids. So this tends to be the thing that most riders struggle with when it comes to looking at the harmony is their reliance on that rein. And these exercises do a pretty good job of telling you whether this is the case for you and your riding. So the first exercise then is to either ride with one hand or bridge your reins together. So when I say bridge your reins, I mean ride with both hands on both reins. So I've also seen some instructors cross a rider's reins over too, but my brain can't really deal with that. So the point is the same and it's going to help you realise how much you're relying on your rein to control your horse and how much you're using the rein to ask for that collection or that downwards transition or in the half halts. Now, the second exercise is whether you are able to give and retake with both your reins. So this tells you whether you are controlling the tempo with your seat 
and your leg or whether you're holding them back with your hand. If you're holding them back, what you're going to end up with is when you give with the rein, you might feel the horse either runs forward or that they drop their nose down. And this is why they add in these give and retakes into tests is because it shows the judge so clearly whether your horse is balanced on his hind leg, carrying themselves and not relying on your rein. A lot of the time horses may do, like I said, run forwards or drop their head and neck. But this is a sign to you that you are either holding your horse up or holding them back. Either way, your horse is not in a natural balance and self-carriage. The purpose of both these tests is that it shows you how much you are using your leg in your seat aids and how much you are using your rein. This is another reason why I always say that stretching is so important because it teaches both the horse and rider to move on their own. It teaches the horse how to carry themselves in self-carriage and it teaches the rider to rely on their leg and seat and not their rein. So there you have it. I really hope this episode helped to explain what harmony actually is and how important it is, but also how you know if you are relying on those reins too much, which is going to automatically stop that freedom and harmony from being able to develop. Now, if you have any questions about this episode or any others, you are more than welcome to send us a message. And also, if you want to share this episode and let us know what you think, then you can find us at Decomplicating Dressage on both Instagram and Facebook. If you are struggling in your training sessions, if you're not sure what to work on, or if you want exercises that are going to help improve your horse, you can join our Decomplicating Dressage membership club, which has loads of training articles with tons of information, as well as training sessions focusing on everything from improving your horse's reaction to your leg, to test riding to improve your centre lines. All you need to do is head to our website, decomplicatingdressage.com to find out more. Thank you so much for listening, everyone, and I will see you next time. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.